Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. We've got a ton of sports to recap and to discuss here this morning. And thank you for spending some of your time with uh, with Trent and I. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, the Big 12 was making news. Uh, in a number of ways, Gary Patterson, I'm sure that'll come up at some point, but, uh, the schedule, we now know that the Big 12 has a plan. It's nine plus one. Max Olson and, uh, Nicole Auerbach were the uh, first to, uh, to report the, uh, parameters of what the Big 12 is going to do. Max Olson will join us at 1025. Mitch Holtis is with us at 1050, the voice of the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. He's, uh, with us every day at 1050 throughout training camp and then weekly reports throughout the entire season. He has Patrick Mahomes as part of the uh, sit-down uh, with Trent and I this morning. No, Patrick Mahomes isn't sitting down, but Mitch has a soundbite as part of his uh, daily appearances. And today, the face of the NFL, uh, Patrick Mahomes, is going to be the focal point of that. At 11.05, we thought we'd reach out to Randy Wayhofer. Kind of give him a ten minute infomercial. I think that Cubs deserve it. Yes, no they doubt. Really do. I mean, look at um, the Barnstormers got hit in the you know what's mm-hmm. obviously uh, the Wild uh, and the Wolves had to end their seasons prematurely, but. Um, uh, the Iowa Cubs for what they did in hosting uh, the uh, state baseball championship and doing so uh, the way that they were able to pull it off. Feather in their cap, and we're going to applaud, and we're going to have them on to do that at the same time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, and they also have the college games coming up Right. Three of them, Trent? Three of them, yeah. Three double dips, I think. Yes, yep. So there'll be a bunch of local talent involved there, a lot of kids from the state of Iowa playing uh, All-American Peyton Williams, freshman All-American team this year in the abbreviated college season. He's out there along with a whole host of names. And certainly I know from calling baseball the last (laughs) few years. It was fun. I was uh, taking another peek through that roster yesterday and just memories kind of popping in. Oh, I remember that kid. I remember that kid. And, And going through and watching it. A lot of good talent. And the other thing, high school state tournament, of course, he couldn't have a cold Beer. You can this game. week, Trent. You can this week. Get out to the ballpark, have yourself a cold one, watch a little baseball. Absolutely. More high school conversation coming up in a couple of minutes here. Uh, so Randy Wayhofer is going to join us. Danielle West is going to kind of piggyback on the end. She's from the Life Serve Blood Support. There's a major blood drive uh, taking place on Thursday morning at Principal Park. Uh, and I say morning, I think it's 
I want to say 7 a.m. to 1, so they'll get you through lunch, but you have to register in advance. Uh, the era that we're in right now, you just can't uh, go out, uh, show up and give blood as you used to be able to do. So uh, we're going to have Danielle West join us from uh, LifeServe Blood Support uh, to give a little bit of more of the particulars. If you're so inclined, uh, there is an opportunity at Principal Park coming up on this Thursday morning. So we'll do that at 11.05. And then Matt Norlander from CBS. He is one of, how many would you say, two or three guys over there at CBS, John What's what's John's last name? Ross Rothstein. He's not with CBS though. He has kind of his own deal. Oh, does he? Did it's he, him did and Gary he... Parish are the one-two punch at CBS gotcha. for college hoops. Did, did Rothstein not used to be at CBS? Yeah, I think it was like the New York affiliate. Okay, the CBS New York is that. That's what he wrote for for a number of years. He uh, also works for Compass Media. He has a podcast through their network. So that's Rothstein, who you see. Well, every morning with his quotes that he likes to put no, out. No, he's, and... uh, he's a good follow on yes. Twitter if you're a college basketball fan or if you're in the sports media business. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really good follow. But uh, we'll have an, another really good guest, Matt Norlander, who, as Trent says, uh, one of the two, Gary Parrish, Matt Norlander at CBS covering college basketball. We'll do a lot of national college basketball. Baylor making some news, obviously. The big news was uh, the news that uh, came out of Iowa City mm-hmm. on Sunday and just salivating and not that we're wishing these next few months away but we're certainly hoping for maybe we are good fortune <laughs> yeah yeah maybe we are so for good fortune with this pandemic that we're in so we can see this play out uh two weeks ago roughly maybe i don't know s- s- over a week ago mm-hmm. you threw out this um high school story as something to watch when when we got word that there was a receiver that was transferring, our DB that was yeah, transferring, cornerback, yep. cornerback uh, transferring in from California, you mentioned that uh, well, that might not be the end of it. That you're hearing there's a quarterback that's committed to K State uh, that may be following suit. Now we're starting to see. I don't want to say the floodgates open at this point, but certainly doesn't feel like we've come to the end of this. Mm-hmm. That there's going to be more. I'm torn on this, Trent. I really am. I'm. I kind of, in a way, feel um, that the kids that are going to potentially lose their spot as a senior on those teams, the world's not fair, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, the, yeah, the world's yeah. not fair, and and you know this might be the first time in their lives that they realize that you know they've had it pretty good in a lot of ways up until now, mm-hmm. and once they get on this world, they're about to realize that, um, that everything doesn't always go your way. But at the same time, these kids probably a lot of cases, kids that lose their that lose their spot, grew up with the kids, played played with those teammates or a number of those teammates their entire way through the school system. Saw a little bit of playing time as a junior, but mm-hmm. you were behind the senior, but he's going to graduate next year and you're going to get your chance. Well, maybe that won't be there because of some states not offering high school football and you know other kids that are going to come in and take those spots. I get it. You want the best kids to play, certainly at uh, pros, certainly in college. Does it trickle down to high school? It feels like that's where we are. Uh-huh. And is it right? Is it the way that it should be? See, I don't know, Trent. I'm torn by that. That's, I'm sure, the fr- frustrating part, and there's going to be a kid that loses it. But yeah. for the kid that was going to start, Enrico Gafford makes his transfer in from yeah, East, right. and he goes to Dowling Catholic. Mm-hmm. Was it fair to that young man that lost mm-hmm. his spot? Mm-hmm. Nothing's guaranteed. Right. And nothing's guaranteed. And, and if you're good, good enough, They'll find a spot for you. Now, quarterback's a different conversation. Right. And this kid, this Rubley kid's got some ties, some local ties, yes. right? Yes, yeah. He's, his dad is from Davenport, 
played okay. Davenport High School, uh, was teammates in high school with Ryan Cooley, the Valley baseball coach. There's a connection there. And who's Rubley's uncle? Uh, played at Iowa State. State, right? Yeah, Terry Rubley, who okay. played in the, what would have been, early 90s. He was there uh, as a quarterback. Um, the dad yeah, played down at name. Tulsa okay. and got, got a shot in the NFL, but he was at Tulsa. He made that decision. Tulsa, who had a great line of quarterbacks, Gus Farratt during yeah. that time. There, there were some good programs. Mm-hmm. Iowa famously went down there. Hayden Fry decided yeah. it's a business trip. We're going to fly there. down the yep. day of the game. Yep, I remember that well. It did not go well on yep. Monday morning on our airways. I bet. I could only imagine. Uh-huh. It, it certainly wasn't going over very well in the well, in the halls of, of Osage High School either at that time. What is Hayden doing? Right. And it did not go very nope. well. It was. Uh, but yeah, the, the Tulsa connection down there. And then... It's interesting, reading through the article, Denver Post has an article about this, about Rubley making the decision, possibly See, I can't click on there because you only get five, and I use oh, those for Broncos. I see. So you're kind of up a creek, huh? Right. You can't click on this. Well, I'll print it out for you, and you can have a, a run through it that way. But talking about it, his decision, you work this hard, your senior year is not going to have that opportunity. He's going to be an early enrollee at Kansas State. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. Find a place you can play. Right. And as you look around, you look at other surrounding states, even look at Kansas, and which would make sense. You know, go to Manhattan right. or go right. to a school Absolutely. down there. That would make sense. But because of the father's connections to the state, to the connections to Valley. Yep. And do the whole family have to, you have to establish residency trends. You know, that would be a great question for a Chris Cuellar. Exactly. Hey, who's on vacation? What, <laughs> yes. What, what exactly <laughs> yes. would. And I don't blame him, by the way. He just right. got through the state tournament. Right. What constitutes exactly residency? Right. You've heard the stories. Well, you just get a P.O. box and you're good. Right. Is it as simple as that? Mm. When you establish residency, what does that mean? Is it as simple as the kid moving himself? 17. He's going to be off on his own here in four months anyway, going to college yeah. in January. You do that. Can and you do that at 17 in this country? You can. Can absolutely, you? Absolutely, You yeah. can move out on your own at 17? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you I can, don't know. You can go out there as long as you pay the bills and you part, pay for mm-hmm. your apartment or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You're good to go there. But one of the interesting things here uh, in this article from the Denver Post, talking about knowing the area. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Along with the potential business opportunity for the family. That just struck me as odd. What does that mean? Is there a job already lined up for dad? Dad's a football coach. Sounds like it. He's a head football coach. Is, what, is Valley finding a teaching job for him and a coaching job to go along with it? Well, it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen that in a lot of levels. Now, normally that takes place in college. Right. Is well, he, that we know of anyways. Right. Is he the heir apparent to Gary Swenson now? Has he been Gary? I mean, this is the speculation that can lead to these kind of conversations mm-hmm. when you read business opportunity. Mm, that is weird. That's teacher. I don't know what mom is, and it could be that. And yeah. doesn't mean teachers can't have side gigs. Right. And very right. well, it could be that too. But I don't know. Just that part of it struck, struck me as a little bit odd reading through the article. But I completely understand the young man's decision. You want to play. You want to play. Right. You want to play. You want to find a place that makes sense, and Valley certainly makes sense. His running back, who's going to be his teammate at Kansas State, yeah. is committed to K-State. So, I mean, you get the one-two punch. You got two Big 12 football players in the backfield of Valley if this comes to fruition. Right. Nothing official yet, mm-hmm. but it's been there. You and know, it was there well, last you know, week it, when we mentioned it. It was because we talked about the left-handed quarterback that was throwing darts to yes, Remember yeah, that? Yep. Uh, who looked like he's uh, he's got a big arm. <laughs> that was my takeaway from uh-huh. it. I don't know the kid's name. I watched the uh, the audio or the video clip, rather, and I thought, wow, this kid can really sling it. So anyway, And the kid he was throwing to is a transfer from Johnston. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, will Valley and Dowling of uh, Valley and Dowling get all of these kids? Don't you? It, would it be fairer if they're going to go into a transfer portal that the Iowa high schools you want a assign? Transfer portal? No, just that, maybe that's not the right word for it, but it kind of is that they assign them to their new program. You want to move? You yet? can't do that. You can't. Well, you, are you going to assign kids to college? No. Sorry, Alabama's got enough. But these are different circumstances. Are they? It's high school. Yeah. You can choose where you go to high school. I guess. But they're coming here for six months. I mean, everybody Not sees, even. Right. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. They're not staying. They're not establishing residence. They're going to go back to where they... Are they selling their house? That should be a requirement. Show me the bill of sale. I need to see the real estate that, 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 that you sold your house and you really are transferring uh, into, um, into central Iowa. It's not going to be the last. It's no. Not, it's not going to be the last. And here's the question that I had. I think I brought it up yesterday. And we didn't know the answer to this. If they get here and because COVID's still in charge. I mean, King mm-hmm. Football has mm-hmm. always won until now. King Football's met his match, sadly. Um, but if they have to shut down the high school season, would they and their and their their state has already said they have plans to play in the January, February, March in the spring, if you want to call it that, would they be eligible if they go back? I don't they shouldn't be. Right, right. If you've already played a season, then you can't play I mean, they're, a they're, they're gambling. Well, and I, I wonder here's something that probably would actually play into it. So we have split seasons for golf in our state. The big schools play in the fall, mm-hmm. small schools play in the spring. And if you're a kid kind of on that, just on the tier of being a collegiate golfer, and you know what? You need some more rounds. You need to be able to show coaches, all right, I'm going to go to Van Meter for my spring semester and be able to play then spring golf after playing fall at Southeast Polk. Right. Can, can you do that? Probably not because it is two of the same sports, but that's also in the same state. I, I there's so many hurdles that we just don't know about in these conversations that continue to crop up. But Rubley's not alone. Another piece of this, two other teammates of him out in Colorado yeah. may be joining him at West Des Moines Valley. Jesus. So uh, offensive lineman, uh, his name is Ty Sharico, and a junior tight end, Jane Arroyo, may join their quarterback in Iowa if the season is delayed to the spring, according to Jake. The rich get richer. Valley's going to be stacked. Valley's going to be that. So I'm going to be the commissioner. All right. And I'm not going to let this happen. No? No. You're welcome to come here. You've got to buy a house. You've got to sell your house. Mm-hmm. you got to establish rent. You just got a text when, when you were speaking that uh, it happened in Eastern Iowa. Some kid transferred to Solon. And they actually put him in his own apartment at 17 years old. So oh, it yeah. does happen. It does. Boy, man, I wish my parents would have done that gig. <laughs> well, you had to be a better hockey player for that day. That's true. If you were yeah. a lead hockey player, yeah, I bet you would have. It would have been a true. lot different for you at yeah, seventeen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, my best friend Louis, he was gone from uh, the time he was fourteen. He was in the Western League. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, but he would bill it with some family. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, you can't go to Valley. You can't go to Dowling. No, Those you can, costly. but you can. They got to take one or two. But then everybody's got to have it. They, everybody gets one. All right, Marquis going to get one. Hoover. Hoover's going to get a kid. All right. Uh, we're going to spread them out fairly. 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 I just don't want... I mean, there's going to be a bunch of kids at Valley that are going to lose their jobs. There, yes. They'll lose their spots. Mm-hmm. Life's not fair. I get it. But high school, I just it's kind of more protective. See, once you get out of high school and you go to college, you're fair game to criticize. That's yeah. been my... You've always said you don't want to see behind the curtain of college athletics. I don't either. <laughs> Especially basketball. Well, now you're seeing behind the curtain of high yeah. school athletics. And and maybe I was naive to think that this hasn't happened before. Well, Peter Jack. Right. Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good point. 
That's that's a good one. I remember the conversations. I do too. Uh, as you know, I know Jeff Horner very well. Mm-hmm. Consider him a friend. We were yep. teaching in the same building at the time, and those conversations that were happening. Where is he going to end up? And what was what the was pitch? The, what was the? Because uh, we. We had a field day with this. And Peter Nixon? That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. It was the uh, go-between, if yeah. you will. Yeah, yeah, Nick, yeah. Uh, Nixon, I can't think of the dad's first name, but yeah, it was yeah. Peter Nixon was the player. Yep, yep, yep. It was Nixon was him. the last name. Yep. yep. Yep, yep, I remember that now. It's coming back. Anyways. And this is, what, eight, nine years ago? Yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, yeah. Jacques's been long gone from the University of Iowa. So we'll see. But a big story. You had it last week. Congratulations for that. Thank now you. it sounds like there's going to be more. Um, but again... I'm torn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not torn by how much I enjoyed yesterday watching sports. God, don't let them take this away from us. It has been unbelievable. We got a hockey game coming up in 45 minutes, by the way. You're just in heaven. Oh, my God, Trent. And then my squad won yesterday. They which did. Which just completely surprised the hell out of me, which was great. Uh, but baseball last night, your Twins, I can't believe they won that baseball game. I looked. I turned into the Twins because the uh, Cubs were a little bit late starting, so mm-hmm. I watched early Twins. Uh, first pitch of the game, Park the Pirates yep. one zip. Um, it, it was funny. Morneau going into it. Remember, we're talking about this team is anemic yes, offensively. Right. They're hitting 179 one as a and- team. <laughs> and that guy just absolutely belted. Was it Tucker? Yeah. With the locks. Reynolds. Flow- Tucker, yeah. The, the flowing center out of the back yep. of the hair. Yep. Um, your team looked dead in the water. Yeah, they, they, I was shocked that they came back and won that baseball game. They just looked like, you know, the Cleveland just left town. Mm-hmm. We took three or four from the team that we're going to probably have to uh, uh, outrun to win the division. We're going to coast to this division. Here come the Pirates. They just got swept in Chicago. We'll just show up in the ballpark and put this in the win call. And that's what I was watching for the first five mm-hmm. innings. And then the sixth inning came along. And they finally put four on the board. Yeah. And do it a, a myriad of different ways that right. they're able to get it done. And then Nelson Cruz. And get it done off. in the ninth. Oh, yeah. And I wanted that thing to leave the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> I was hollering at it uh-huh. to leave the ballpark because it left his bat. It's, it's just a really good team. Trent, no one's going to catch him. In, in the division. The White Sox are playing well. They've they won five are. in a row. They find, yep. After that slow start the first week, mm-hmm. they are playing good baseball. And but, if they're pitching, they're starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Because we know that they can knock the crap out yes. of the baseball. And their defense is average. Yeah. Uh, but they're still a good team, and I do believe they're in second place now. I do believe that they'll finish second in that division. But this Twins team is... Find a weakness. Good luck. The injuries are a little Yeah, concerning. Donaldson didn't start again last night, so yeah. that's been how and many a, days? And it's a calf injury, which he has He's struggled had before. with. Yes, both calves have been problems uh-huh. for him. He had these back in, the in Toronto. Yes, this is something that... If it was just a calf injury to an everyday player, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy that has had that in the past, and they've mm-hmm. been significant injuries to him. Odorizzi was put on the 10-day IL before the season. It's been two weeks. Mm. Still no word what's going to happen. They put Homer Bailey on the IL. How long is that going to last? They're still almost 30 days away from getting Pineda back. So that rotation is concerning when you talk about the injuries. But they're going to score 10 runs every game. On the bullpen. The bullpen... Is it as good as anybody in baseball? I th- it's in the conversation with the Yankees and the Indians and the Indians. Um, yes, but they're they're start- the Indians mm-hmm. is more their starting rotation. I'm True. talking strictly bullpen. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Yeah. This is a really really good team. And Cubs have been good the last couple of nights. Now you just end up on the other side of the bracket from the Yankees. And worst case scenario, you have to play them in the ALCS. But hopefully they'll be knocked off before then. And then you're talking about the 2020 asterisk World Champion Minnesota Twins. Speaking of bullpens. Roman Wick. Yeah, how about and that? And the Cubs yesterday? find their guy? Well, they, they, they've they uh, identified a guy that they, can, that they can no longer find. Although David Ross, I flipped over during the t- Twins 
commercial break, and it was part of the rain delay, and Ross was being interviewed, the pregame, I guess it was, mm-hmm. and he said that going back to Sunday, he was the next pitcher to come in. Yeah. Had, the, had they got to the 12th inning, it was going to be Kimbrell. So it's not like he was out of sight, out of mind. But he kind of was because there was plenty of opportunities to get him in prior to that. And Jeffers was, I mean, obviously you're going to give him the ball. And Wick mm-hmm. yesterday was great. So uh, the Cubs, I mean, Javi Baez, did you see the play he made at second base again? The tag that he made at second base again? Best tagger in baseball history. It, it's history. not even close. Trent, it's not even close. He, I don't know who else is on that list. I just know who's in the top spot. Right. He let the ball come to him. There was going to be a collision. It was Mondesi. Mondesi can run. Yes, he can. He can run. And the ball get there a split second. He didn't flinch. Bias just kept his glove there, didn't reach for it, because Mondesi would have been safe. Wasn't looking at Mondesi. Was looking at Contreras the whole time. It was unbelievable. I just, I just, I leapt out of my chair. I, I couldn't believe it. And we, you know, he's so good at what he does. Uh, so the Cubs had a nice win yesterday. Um, sports. Sounds, yeah. It, sports. It's, it's back with us. Please. So tonight. Oh, the Blackhawks got crushed. And they did. Yeah. 3-2. Who's going out for the ninth inning? Everybody's available. Jeffers. They get Hendricks goes eight, but he's throwing 110 pitches yeah, in his ninth inning. Jeffers. You're going Jeffers yep. first. Yep. I, I Not be, Kimbrell. <laughs> no, no. Not him. It might be Wick for me. Hmm. From the mess he cleaned up Saturday yeah. to what he did again last night. Really impressed by this guy. I was impressed by this Sadler kid who I knew nothing about yeah. until we saw. And uh, speaking uh, of being impressed, that. are we learning something here now with Alec Mills? Yes, he belongs. How old is he? I don't know, but I, I mean, he's been around. Yeah, he was, he was a with royal. The, he, he with the Eye Cubs for a while. Um, yes, he was. He's um, twenty-eight. Is he really, Trent? He's been terrific. Yes, Chatwood, terrific. Mills, terrific. They're four and five. I guess they're three and five. Um, nobody saw those coming. Not at all. Nobody saw it coming. Hendricks was good in start one. He got beat up the 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 other night. Is is uh, start in Cincinnati? We'll see how he is tonight. Uh, but boy, oh boy, baseball is so much fun. I, look, we both love baseball. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's. It means you don't know what you got till it's gone. Maybe yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so digging it. Cakes and Owen iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Uh, text the keyword cash to 200 200 right now it's your chance to win a thousand dollars that's cash to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest all right the big 12 has come up with their scheduling plan max olson writes for the athletic he will join trent and i next we'll talk big 12 with max olson mitch holtis 1050 patrick mahomes is part of today's uh, segment if you're a chiefs fan if you're an nfl fan he's the face of the league how can you not like patrick mahomes Seriously. Well, if you're a Broncos fan. I am a, a Broncos Raider, fan. How can you not like the kid? Wait wait a couple of years. He keeps pounding <laughs> you your team. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna not like Patrick Mahomes very much coming up in yeah, a few probably years. Probably so, yeah. right? Maybe as Jets fans and Bills fans and Dolphins fans. How can mm-hmm. you not like Tom Brady? Uh Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and one. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Almost 1030 here on a uh, Tuesday morning. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 
1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Still to come this hour, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, his daily training camp report uh, coming up at about 1050-ish. Right now, Max Olson, who along with Nicole Auerbach were first uh, to report the Big 12's plans. Their uh, board of directors met yesterday. It is going to be a 9-1. and one. Max joins us. Max, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for coming back on KXNO in Des Moines. How are you? Just trying to keep up, guys. Appreciate yeah. you having me. Yeah, it's kind of difficult, right? And um, not that this is set in stone by any means. We will see. Uh, what I want to ask you first, Max, is uh, we've heard a lot of talk that there was some in the camp that they wanted to play all 12 games that they thought that they were going to be able to, you know, uh, swallow hard. Maybe we'll try and uh, pull this off. We play all the games uh, on our schedule, or at least 12. Obviously, some of them have been taken off. We know the Seahawk game is one of them. That won't take place this year. But they wanted to play 12. How um, how contentious was the discussion uh, before finally settling on 9-1? and one? Yeah, you know, in talking with Big 12, uh, you know, ADs and, and, and officials on, on Friday, uh, you got the sense that there was kind of two schools of thought here. One of them being, hey, let's play, just keep it simple, nine plus one, sort of follow the rest of the Power Five pack here a little bit in, in doing that. Um, and then there was, you know, others who, uh, you know, sort of saw this as, look, the, the key issue here is flexibility. Uh, I, I don't think you can watch what's happening in Major League Baseball and not kind of start to come to grips with the fact that there's probably there's a, a good chance there's going to be cancellations um, or postponed games or rescheduled games at some point uh, during a fall season if we're going to pull this off. And so there were some folks who wanted to see uh, a minimum 9 plus 1, but then give teams the, the option if they want uh, to play up to three non-conference games and – Honestly, I sort of I, I sort of thought that that would maybe be the compromise they settled on, but uh, the board ultimately went with nine plus one. I think it's simpler, it's more uniform if everybody's playing the same schedule, um, and and I think there's still some flexibility built into this. Where I think what you're going to see in a lot of cases are teams, you know, maybe they play September fifth, take two weeks off, kind of adjust, do you know, see how things go. And kind of, you know, you've got students back on campus and you're trying to sort of uh, preserve the integrity of your, your bubble for your football program. So you have a few weeks to kind of get used to that uh, before you, you know, take those two weeks and then go play a conference game. Um, and then there's going to be some flexibility on the back end to move back to Big 12 title game that's needed. I, I get why they ended up there, uh, but there's <laughs> uh, there are going to be some folks who, who don't love that plan because they wanted to have uh, the, the option to play more games and try and make up some of that revenue. Mm. Is August 29th still on, do you think? Do you think that those I, – I know there's Kansas and Oklahoma for sure. There might be another one that was going to play week zero. Uh, is that still an option, or do you think they'll be forced to move closer to what would be, you know, the um, I guess the target for the start of conference play? Yeah, so Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, TCU, and West Virginia were all – uh, as of last week, planning to play week zero. Now, I, I think those will move. I think those will get, the, you know, pushed to, you know, maybe uh, uh, September 5th or 12th. Um, because I don't, I don't know that – I think maybe three weeks off between a game is probably too long. Um, so I, I could see that stuff moving. Um, and uh, – but it is, an, it is an interesting opportunity if you were to be the only – kind of the only games on, on TV uh, for that week. I, I could kind of see the thinking initially, but – but yeah, I think three weeks is too long, and and I think these Big Twelve teams will sort of, uh, you know, work through the, these cancellations and, and announce these non-conference games 
uh, here in the next 48 hours. I think you have to move quickly because certainly your coaches want to know who they're playing and when. September 7th through the 12th is when the ACC is going to get started. But we hear the Pac-12, they're looking at late September. We're here in mid-September for the SEC. You mentioned that flexibility, Max, and this is the part that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Why aren't we going with that week zero date to get things started for everybody at that point and have flexibility all throughout the season? What's the justification that you've heard for some of these other conferences outside of the Big 12 and ACC moving things back so far and, and feel like taking away a lot of that flexibility? Yeah, look, I, bottom line, and, and I think it's hard to argue if you frame things this way, I, I, I think the, the, the push to start in late September is purely a health and safety move. Um, and, 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 and from that standpoint, uh, you, you kind of have to appreciate that and go with it because I, right now, as, as many folks have pointed out, you know, these college football programs uh, that reported for summer workouts in June and July, um, they're the only folks on campus. And even then, they still dealt with, with outbreaks and had, you know, had to shut down for a while. Uh, you're dealing with the issue of students you know, going out on the weekends and, and you know, contracting the virus and spreading it to their teammates and stuff like that. So you know, they kind of have a bubble right now. And now what you're doing is sort of taking them out of that bubble in some ways by you know, bringing students back to campus here. Um, and, of course, every school is going to handle that differently. But I, I think the concern there is, you know, it, this is just such a step-by-step process. They're going to start practicing, and, and we have no idea, you know, kind of how many, you know, how, how much we're going to deal with outbreaks and, and, and more cases uh, due to just practicing. So you have to kind of get through that part of it, and then you have to get through the return to campus part um, and and hope that you're in a good place by late September uh, to, to start playing some real games. Uh, the, the schools, will they be left to their own volition? I would imagine that they would be to schedule, you know, the, obviously there's nothing they can do with the, the conference games, but the plus one, will they be able to, um, I mean, how are they going to go about it, I guess? Is it going to be each differently that they're going to decide, well, we've got to pay this school this much, we only have to pay this school this much, they're not as good as this school, um, and when will they let the conference know who their, who their plus one is going to be against? Yeah, I think that should happen fairly quickly this week. Um, you know, in, in a lot of cases, the, the fact that they went to nine plus one actually makes that stuff a little bit easier because now you're really just sort of calling around to cancel on the games you don't want to play and keep the one you do. And I think in a lot of cases, the Big 12 is going to end up playing a very easy non-conference schedule. Um, you know, we already know Kansas is going to play Southern Illinois. Oklahoma is going to play Missouri State. Texas, I think, is probably going to play UTEP. I think Baylor has to choose between Louisiana Tech and Incarnate Word. I think I've heard they're <laughs> going to keep Incarnate Word, but yeah. we'll see on that. So, I mean, for Iowa State, you've got a couple options, obviously, but if you just kept the South Dakota game on the fifth, that might be the easy way to go. Yeah. You know, so yep. uh, and we know West Virginia is going to play Eastern Kentucky, so it's going to be, frankly, it's going to be these teams kind of playing the easiest game they've got on their schedule. TCU is kind of an interesting one because that could be UNLV, which is at least a group of five team. Uh-huh. And Texas Tech um, is going to have to – I think Texas Tech is going to have to find a new opponent because the only game they have left on their schedule uh, is a road game at UTEP. And uh, all these, these non-conference games, uh, they must be home games in, in terms of trying to preserve the TV deal. So I, I'm sure Texas Tech's getting dozens of calls from folks saying, please play us because we, we really need this. Was there any conversation at all about uh, folding in BYU? There was speculation last week that watch BYU through all of this, that they may play an important role once the Big 12 does determine how they're going to uh, go forward with their schedule. Did you ever hear anything about BYU? Uh, I mean, 
simply put, no. Um, and and <laughs> I, I, I was just told that the Big 12 is, is not, you know, it, it, it's not their prerogative to, or, or their responsibility to help out BYU with this stuff. Right. Now, if you'd gone to a 12-game schedule and teams were looking to fill games, gotcha. then, then yeah, maybe that's a realistic thing there where you can line up some home games with BYU whose, whose schedule has been totally wrecked by all of this mm-hmm. and probably would agree to, to go play road games in the Big 12. If they'd gone to the to up to 12, I'm, I'm sure that BYU would be making a ton of calls and, and probably would have a chance of getting some games on the schedule. Um, but the idea of folding the big, you know, BYU into the Big 12 to be the only non-conference team or something like that uh, was never realistic. And look, now that it's nine plus one, you got to understand that these schools are going to have to cancel games with Group of Five and SCS teams, who are then going to, uh, you know, sue them to try and get some of that money back, mm-hmm. right? And yep. so you're not going to go through that process and cancel all the games you've got and deal with the financial headaches of doing that just to help out BYU. You know, you've got to kind of keep the one game you got um, and call up the rest and apologize, you know. So mm. it doesn't really make sense to dump what you've got and play a tougher opponent um, that, uh, that you, you know, you don't necessarily have to. This whole conversation could be moot here in a few hours after the sure. NCAA, their <laughs> meeting gets together, and, and if they make the decision to cancel fall sports. If that would happen, Sports Illustrated had a piece about the possibility of the power structure getting together and forming their own championship for this year, and maybe leading something even bigger down the road. Likelihood that you expect, uh, what do you expect to hear from the NCAA as a whole today? And secondly, could you see something like that happening here for 2020, the Power Five having their own championship. Now, uh, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say that folks are just getting all that ready and that that's what the Power Fives that's already in the works because mm-hmm. I think everyone's sort of sitting back, you know, wondering how this is going to go. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's a fascinating problem, and the ADs I talked to in the Big 12 were sort of mixed on it. Some of them said they're really, really nervous about how this is going to go today. And some of them said, uh, you know, that they don't know that this necessarily affects them um, because there is that possibility that the, the Power Fives can decide, hey, let's go play our own championships. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an important problem. Um, I could see, I could see the, the board deciding, hey, let's shut down uh, fall championships for everybody except D1. You know, I could see that being an outcome today. Um, I think that's really what everyone is sort of pleading with them to do is, hey, let's mm-hmm. continue to push this back. Give us more time. Let us get into a season and see how it goes. Um, but it's a reminder that as much as these commissioners, um, you know, want to get together and make plans uh, and come up with models that they feel comfortable with, uh, at the end of the day, they, they still have people uh, above them that are going to make the call on this. And so it's uh, it's a fascinating dynamic that I think creates a lot more tension uh, and, and pressure in, in that relationship with, with the NCAA. Uh, real quick on Gary Patterson. Obviously, when the story first broke, it didn't look uh, well. It looked awful for him. Uh, but then there's a little bit more clarity, and I know there were other uh, teammates uh, in, in the room that came out and said, no, that's not the way it happened. you got to use a little context here. I, I don't want to say nipped it in the bud, but it doesn't seem like this – uh, that this TCU story is, is going to have the legs that maybe Gundy's did, or certainly here in our state at the University of Iowa. Uh, is Patterson mm, off the hook? I mean, not the right way, but it, it seems like this, is, is, this isn't going to have a long shelf life for, from where I sit. Uh, do you see it that way? Uh, there, there's been no indication so far that, that TCU is 
looking to, to punish or reprimand him. He, he finally released an apology uh, this morning in yep. which he acknowledged that he did use the N-word in talking to one of his players on Sunday. Um, and, and I think the players have made it very clear to him that it, they're, it, they're just, it does not matter what the context is for how it was said. You, you don't say it. And, and it, it, it's, it's, to them, it's certainly a big deal, but it seems like, uh, and it was certainly sort of bizarre to see this all play out via Twitter yesterday, mm-hmm. but it, it seems like they've landed in a spot where he had meetings with their leadership and their the leadership council and their team and their seniors yesterday uh, to talk about how they move forward. It seems like the, the players are, are choosing forgiveness on this and saying that, hey, we know him and know his character and, you know, we're going to we're going to move past this. Um, but certainly a, a wild incident. And, you know, in some ways you sort of feel for the player, Dylan Jordan, who, yeah. um, you know, certainly he has everything to lose by sharing this, mm-hmm. especially as a member, currently a member of the team. And you saw how quickly even his own teammates turned on him a little bit true. and how instantly the fan base turned on him. So. That's a tough deal when you experience something like this. You try and put it out there to share your side of what happened, and and you just get killed for it on Twitter and and, and publicly and stuff. But um, we'll see how kind of he moves forward from this. Um, but but Gary Patterson certainly, uh, it, it's certainly something that you know I think he's going to have to continue to answer for. But I don't think there's going to be a punishment. Yeah, and I agree with you. More. I I feel for the for the student athlete mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, it's so interesting here in our state. Kirk Ferentz has had a very tumultuous offseason. We see Gary Patterson. These are the two longest-tenured coaches in college football. And something to be said maybe with that, being at a program for that long, regardless of, and I think most people believe. Um, Mike Gundy, too. Yeah, yeah Mike, Mike Gundy. Gundy who's number three. Yeah, yeah, he's right up on that list. I think only Whittingham of Utah out of the power structure is the only one that's been there longer outside of Gundy. He's on that list. And, and Utah had something happen this offseason, too. Yeah, with yeah. the coordinator. Yeah, we're, we're talking about the four longest tenured. Being at a program long time, no matter how you do it, there's going to be something on Earth, Max. Yeah, and, and maybe if you're the, the head coach for that long, um, I'm not saying this is the case with Gary Patterson because this seems like a one-time incident, but I, I think we've seen clearly with Mike Gundy and, and Kirk Ferentz, uh, you, you sort of find out that if you're the head coach that long, you sort you sort of de- develop some blind spots, the things mm-hmm. that are going on in your program, and you need to address them. And now we've got players who are going to come out and say, here's what the problem is, and, and this needs to be addressed. So it applies a different kind of pressure now um, because a lot of times these things, you don't hear about them. They stay in-house. They, they don't really come out. And it's a problem, but nobody else really knows about it. So uh, the fact that, like I said, you, all of this stuff played out on Twitter yesterday, and, th- and that's kind of how things are now. Things, you know, you're sort of, you're always sort of one tweet away from being in a lot of trouble. Uh, today is the final day for the Athletics of 40% off subscription. Uh, Trent and I are both uh, subscribers. Mm-hmm. Two enthusiastic thumbs up for us. If you are a sports fan and if you're listening to us, we know that you are. This is the future of uh, sports journalism, in my opinion, certainly sports writing. Uh, Max Olson is a perfect example of that, and we appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Max Olson. We will talk to you uh, down the line. Hey, thanks, guys. Take good, care. Yeah, good to talk to you, Max Olson. On the Big 12. So what do you think we'll know, Trent Condon? Who's Iowa State going to pick? <laughs> They're going with South Dakota. South Dakota, week number one. Keep the game on the 5th of September. Thank you, NLV. Ball State, sorry, it didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, I, I think the Ball State won since it was put together so late. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the, the language in there was very easy to get out of the game where it would be different for the South Dakota game, the UNLV game. I, I think they can point to the, the travel. When's the return visit to, the, to Vegas? Is it next year? Or the- yeah, it's a good question. I I, I want to be there. Well, yeah. That stadium, Allegiant Stadium? Yes. 
check that thing out. And I mean, my point being is, I hope yeah. that they go forward with that game. Right. Future Iowa State football schedules. Let's pull it up here. Okay, what do you got? And kid? see what we can find for the return trip next year. Dang. September eighteenth. Hopefully, uh, maybe a Bears Raiders game the next day. Oh, the Bears are going to be in town, are they? Okay, Just speculating, guessing, right, hoping. Right. Fingers crossed. That'd be a pretty good weekend out in Vegas. Yeah, you think? You trying to hear this? Just in. There's not many bad weekends. That in is Vegas. very, very true. Yeah. Did you uh, see your boy Rashawn Bateman? At Minnesota yeah, you know what? That's a blow. That's a yeah. blow. I felt bad for Papa Stare when I saw that. Yes, uh, because he's <laughs> not a huge... too bad. Well, I adopted the Gophers last yes, year. Yes, you did. You had that until the end of the season. Until they had to come to Iowa City. After that Penn State game, you were feeling pretty good about my high pick. cotton over there. Yeah, I was. I thought I finally got one right. You and Papa Star. Yep. And then, well, they had to play Iowa. Yeah, darn it. Phil still can't figure out those Hawkeyes, can he? No, he hasn't been able to. Uh, we will uh, continue uh, talking football, but we're going to switch to the NFL game. Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. You will hear from uh, Patrick Mahomes in this segment as well, as Mitch brings uh, audio to the uh, interview each and every week. He spoke with Patrick Mahomes. He's the for uh, the focal point of at least part of our uh, talk with Mitch. And that's coming up next. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXO and what? Alright, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Get right to it. Mitch Walters. Training Camp Reports joins us each day during training camp. We'll tell you about Papa John's at the end of it. The good folks over there, Donaldson, Tom Donaldson and company. Mitch, uh, Trent, and Ken, before we get into the Chiefs, I had a caller uh, call off air yesterday and just wanted to appreciate what uh, to for me to relay to you how much uh, he and a lot of his uh, friends uh, appreciate what you do for the Missouri Valley Conference. I know it's uh, very near and do- dear to you. The conference loves when you do Drake games, wishes he'd see more of you at the Knapp Center, but I'm sure most fan bases in the Valley feel the same way. A.J. Green's coming back to you and I, uh, which is huge news. Uh, but he just wanted to p- pass that on to you, Mitch. Well, thanks, Ken. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been uh, just some amazing moments uh, for that league. But to see just how uh, how impactful that Doug Elgin, the commissioner of that league, has been, Jack Watkins, Mike Kern, very similar to what the Chiefs have done in building an infrastructure that is really one of the leaders in their endeavor. Now, I will tell you, it's a whole other segment. In fact, we may have a whole show on it of what's going on in college basketball right now because it's uh, very interesting from a standpoint of scheduling all the transfers, I really think there's a uh, push among the power schools, and we always argue because we give, we make football, we want to make basketball football. And uh, we'll throw the Big East in there. I guess they're a power conference, but yep. they put the football power five. And the big, well, maybe the Amer- I, they, uh, So here's what's happening they want to create an FCS basketball, is what I think. And so the, the, the Missouri Valley, the Atlantic 10, even the Mountain West face some real challenges. We'll get into that. That's a whole other story. But that's uh, you've touched on something that I think will be very interesting to watch over the next five to seven years. Mitch, uh, we, we make the transition in the great unknown of what's going to happen with college basketball to what's going to happen before that and what's going to happen with football. And we were talking right before we came on the air just how everything in your world is changing. I mean, you had a nice routine. You knew 
what off season was going to look like. You knew what training camp was going to look like, and it just changes. And it's not week to week; it's hour to hour. What you're going to do, what you're doing from your perspective. How difficult this has to be for the coaching staff trying to get ready for this season. And all of the coaching staffs. It's why I'm really proud of the Chiefs and Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a planner. Um, he prepares these teams. There's no wasted days with him. Of all the great coaches the three of us have been around and the hundreds of people listening to us, of all the great coaches we've been around, we know that they are detail and planning oriented. They have to be. Mm-hmm. No wasted days. One of the key stats for Andy Reid is, get this, he has won 11 straight September games. 11 straight. And seven of those 11 have been on the road. Now, why is that? It's because he plans, Trent, February, March, April, all to get ready for the season. No wasted days. The reason I say that as a precursor to answer you is the fact that that has gone to the shredder many times. Now, Andy, who preaches the next man up, don't, you know, snivel, whine, or complain. Just figure it out. Um, eliminate distractions is one of his mantras. Attack everything, fear nothing, or two more. Uh, create energies as fourth. And he tries to put all that in place. He has had to literally, on the go, week to week, change things. From my standpoint, it has been crazy. We had a Zoom call. We always have these Monday Zoom calls to get everything going. Here's the way the week's going to look. By Seriously, we were off that call at 11.30 Monday morning. By 2.30, everything had changed. <laughs> like, scrap all that. we got to do something else. So I'm not complaining because Andy Reid would make me run downstairs <laughs> at the Johnston Curve on 35. But the, the point is, it is the teams that will win, if the, if the NFL season goes on, the teams that will win in 2020 will be the ones that handled this situation guy like Matt Rule at Carolina, I have no idea how he's doing it as a brand-new coach with brand-new people in place. I have no clue because our guys are on it. Including your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Well, and he said this now. Okay, so no preseason games. So this is like college now. If you're going to be Iowa, Iowa State, Northern Iowa, Drake, here we go again. But you're going to play the 26th of September. There's no warm-up games. Like You're going to have to go right away. Mm. You can't all-conference games. you got to hit it. For Mahomes, and right now, Ken, this is called the acclimation period. This is what they worked out with the NFLPA. But whoever maximizes this acclimation period that we're in for the next 10 days could very well be the champions of September. Mahomes gets it, knows it, and actually calling upon his college days to try to get ready in these environments. But no preseason games. On, uh, obviously, I don't know exactly how that, that's going to be because uh, I've never done it before. But, I mean, going back to college, I think you know that there has been times where you have to get to those first games, and it's, it's serious. You've got to make sure you go out there and try to win football games. So I'll try to lean on that as well as I feel like when you have this acclimation period, it will help guys build up and make sure their bodies are prepared. I feel like that was what was most important. Other than, I mean, the preseason games are, are something that help a lot of guys out, but I think the health – of the players and and having this acclimation period to get everybody ready to go so that when we do hit the field, they're ready to go. And it's not only ready to go physically, and I'll get to that in a second, but it's ready to go emotionally and mentally. And whoever hits the ground running Mm -hmm. at 10.56 on August the 4th, it has to be maximized. When they're in meetings tonight at 7.35 in a COVID-preventive environment, it has to be maximized. Same with tomorrow. Same with Thursday. It's why Andy Reid has been phenomenal 
and winning 11 straight September games. But now that's being challenged along with the other 31 teams is who's going to be ready to go and then who's going to avoid injuries. Even in the lockout of 2011, when, remember, the vets didn't report until two weeks later, soft tissue injuries were up, I think, almost 70% that year mm. in the first half of the season. And those are soft tissue injuries. Those are, you know, contact injuries uh, because of physical contact. Unbelievable. And then we still have the opt-out, and we've got that till when? Thursday, and uh, the Chiefs, uh, Damian Williams, who played such a huge, huge role, uh, he's uh, the latest to say that uh, he just doesn't feel comfortable playing this year. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's a great pickup, Mitch. Uh, I love the uh, – I, I hated it, but loved it. Got why you did it. I uh, hated it as a fan of a team uh, of, in the AFC West. It's a great pick. But Damian Williams was a great player. Um, that That's a blow. It is a blow. And honestly, in the eight years I've been around Andy Reid, I've seen and every coach talks about being next man up, right? You're in every sport, but they really don't believe it. Like Miller's out, I got to play holds as well. Okay, yeah, next man up, we're going to get smoked. Andy Reid is uh, lives it like the don't blink, don't flinch, and he he gets through flashpoints and has for eight years a consistent winning with the Chiefs. Didn't see this coming, wasn't planned, but let's. I mean, Damian Williams is a blow. He's upper four threes in speed. He's got great lower body power. The last two years in the playoffs, he's been a beast. Yep. He was outstanding in the playoffs last year. Now, here's the thing, though, because everybody goes, well, it's going to be apples to apples comparison with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Not really. CEH is a different running back to me than Damian Williams. Mm-hmm. And you don't just – here's what everybody wants to know, though. Who's the RB1 so they can – you know, for their fantasy football league? <laughs> yeah, and we're going to pick your brain you know, on am that. I, am I kidding here? No, no, I'm not kidding, man. Yeah. Because here's the thing. There is no RB1 with Andy Reid. Yeah. There hasn't been, with the exception of maybe Kareem Hunt when he was hot his rookie season. Mm. Mitch, Never has been. Go back to Philly. Yeah, listen, uh, we're out of time. Papa John sponsors. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you. Get the Shakarama pizza, whatever they call it. It's awesome. Absolutely. Too enthusiastic. Thumbs up. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Appreciate it. Yeah, bye. Good to talk to you. All right, our uh, number two coming up next. Randy Wayhofer, some blood drive information down in Principal Park for Thursday as well. Uh, College basketball conversation, bottom of the hour. Miller and Condon, 1460, 106.3 FM.